Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing No Straight Roads. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First up we have Greg. What's going on man? Next we have Dante. Rock and roll. Boom shakalaka. And um, last but not least we got the homie Trevor. I'm so disappointed. Y'all were supposed to do bunka, junka, (laughs) shakalaka. Oh yeah, I forgot. How could I forget? Um, this is Trevor's game for the month of November, so I will kick it to him. Alright, so once again, um, with most of the games that I choose for the podcast, this will be a short intro, um, simply because it's an indiv- independent developer, and this is their first game. So, No Straight Roads is a music-based action-adventure video game developed by Malaysian independent studio Metronomic. And published by Sold Out. And like I said, they don't have any other games. So like on their main website, it basically um, promotes their only game, No Straight Roads. And it also kind of gives like their mission statement. And uh, the mission statement for a metronomic. And it says, out of their love for music and visual storytelling, Juan Hosmer, lead game designer of Final Fantasy 15 and Daim uh, Z I don't know how to pronounce that Zaudun concept artist of Street Fighter 5 set up a new game company in Malaysia called Metronomic back in December 2017 no wonder <laughs> we believe that music is underutilized in game design we know that everyone loves music but not everyone can be a musician we bring the harmony of music and video games to the masses without turning them into a rhythm game. We want to prove this concept with our first PS4 and PC game, No Straight Roads. In our games, we want to represent music in its entirety, its culture, its revolving creativity, and its many stories. We also respect the medium. We tell these stories in a way that can only be told in video games. This metronome in our logo does not only represent our game concepts, but also the beat of life. We strongly believe in good working culture and ensure that our games are released on a regular basis. Our first game, No Straight Roads, will be released early 2020. And uh, that, of course, um, you know, the game did get delayed. Um, No Straight Roads was released worldwide on August 25th, 2020 for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC via the Epic Game Store. After three years of development and several delays due to COVID-19. And then the updated version of the game, No Straight Roads Encore Edition, was announced after a year of the after a year of the game's release and was released worldwide on October 21st, 2021 on Steam. And that is pretty much it for the developer. You about to say something? I did have a question. I was curious. What is new in the Encore Edition? I did not find that. Um, I know there was one thing that's only available on Switch. Um, Of course, the Encore Edition is on PC. um, But I didn't see what exactly was different about the the updated version. I know they did say there was like some post-game content. So I don't know if that was included in there as well, because it was like Christmas music or something like that from last year. Um, so yeah, I'll have to 
to look into that to see if it was worth it. Because I know you did say you wish you would have gotten it on PC rather than Switch. Yeah, I was a little salty that um, essentially Steam just had its holiday sale just to kind of date exactly when we're recording this. And I expected this game to be on sale, but I guess since the Encore Edition just got released on Steam, it wasn't discounted at all. So I ended up going with the Switch version. So mm. um, I pulled up an IGN article, and it looks like it will come with uh, a new animated opening as well as a couple other added content. Um, and then it also says um, it's uh, adding or bringing in added fan content, mainly in the form of in-game posters, guitar case, and a new addition to the user interface. So mm. basically, it, it looks like it'll allow people to in you know, like put in their own fan art into the game and i don't know if it's like fan art to music or fan art to this specific game but that looks like the main uh inclusion but there's no like gameplay change or anything right oh i mean they have the, they said the new um intro but i don't think gameplay wise no it doesn't look like it i'm i'm not seeing anything that stands out And in regard to the publisher, um, there honestly haven't been any games that I recognize. Um, let me see. Oh, this list keeps going. Um, let's see. They published Overcooked 2, Jurassic World Evolution. Who is this, you said? Um, sold Out Software. Oh, the other games that they... Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that just I, that they've published. Gotcha. I, I pulled up another thing. It says, okay, so it includes... The Encore Edition, as the Steam release is being called, will in- include exclusive new content, including more tunes by new and returning artists, a new opening cinematic, quality of life improvements and bug fixes, as well as new fan-sourced art from 500 No Straight Roads fans. Um, you'll be able to find each of these 500 pieces scattered throughout Vinyl City, and you'll be able to display each of them on Encore Edition's revamped UI. So, they added collectibles? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see, they published Worms Battlegrounds. So, nothing like, you know, groundbreaking, I guess, that they've published. What's up? Nothing, I was going to say something, but it, it didn't need to be said. Um, well, they did publish this game, which is groundbreaking, so we're going to get into that today. Um, I think that's it as far as the intro. Um, I picked this game, um, I think it was around the time we played, um, uh, uh, what's the name of the game? Uh, Hyrule. Cadence of Hyrule? Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, yeah. And... I was looking for like other rhythm-based games, I guess, because we've never really played any other ones for the podcast. And and then you realize it was a swing and a miss. What Cadence of Hyrule? No, no, this a game, game. <laughs> rhythm-based. It's music-based, but um, but yeah, that was one of the reasons why this game was added to my long list of games to play for the podcast. You said you picked it up on Switch, right? Yes. Um, I ended up getting it on Switch because it was on sale um, 
like mid November. I think that was when they started the sale. I or actually, I think um, there was just a price drop. Game. Gotcha. I, I picked it up on Switch for full price. Um, and what about you guys? Uh, it was on sale on the uh, PlayStation Store. So I should have thought of that. But I played on Switch as well. And not to just having so many regrets about his purchasing decisions. Well, we'll get into it. Man, I could have saved some money on this this amazing game. But so, um, moving on. So to start talking about this game, um, I think the outline that I have right now is to kind of go into the story, like how it starts. And then just to lay down like the foundation for the gameplay, I think we'll discuss one of the districts. This, this game is broken up into sections, um, like clearly broken up into sections. So, um, it's very distinct. Um, so I think we'll do that in order to flesh out some of the details. That way we're not rehashing them as we go through other sections. And if there's anything we miss at the end of the first section, then we can just, y'all can just chime in and bring it up. Or if y'all want to talk about, uh, one aspect, um, that we bring up a little bit more, we can do that. Um, so to start off this story, actually first, has anybody ever heard of this game? Does anybody have any experience with this game? I hadn't, and I was very, very excited about it when I watched stuff. Uh, I, it, we had already voted on it and everything. I just had looked at the stills like I normally do, and I was like, this looks interesting. And when I watched the trailer before I started the game up, I was like, this looks really, really fun. Um, so I was like very much looking forward to this game. What about you, Dante? Specifically... Um, have you had you had any experience with this game before playing it for the podcast? No, definitely not. Okay, I figured with um, <laughs> Marcus and Greg uh, playing Street Fighter. I, I mean, if you played this game, then I feel like you either finished it or you didn't, because it's not very long. I mean, I think if you start this game, you most likely finished it. But um. But yeah, I know Marcus, you mentioned um, familiarity with um, the concept artist for Street Fighter V who worked on this game. Oh, I was just saying, no wonder I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't <laughs> like Street Fighter V? No. Oh. <laughs> That's why I tried to keep it to myself. <laughs> well, Dante, um, all right, do you follow the... Um, the game designer of Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, no, Juan not specific. Like, I'm assuming it's not the main head dude from Final Fantasy Fifteen. I can't remember his name. That I would say he got. He was successful, but then he started his own studio. But I don't think this is him. I could be wrong about that. It says he was um, a lead game designer. What was his name? One more time. Juan Hosmer. That's definitely not the dude I'm thinking of. But anyway, I definitely am not familiar with this guy. Okay. So, um, let's start off by introducing the main protagonist of No Straight Roads. Um, You play as an indie rock duo 
um, by the name of Bunk Bed Junction. And they consist of Mayday, uh, also known as May, and Zook. And uh, when you first drop into this game, you are performing for, um, what is this, like American Idol or um, what's the like name of the other show? Blank Got Talent. Yeah. It's like um, America's Got Talent style show. Yeah. And like I said, you are a rock duo, but the world has um, forgotten rock and moved on to EDM. And so they don't show you any kind of respect and when you're performing. And so you basically get um, dismissed. And not only that, but uh, you get dissed as well by um, the CEO of NSR, which is a big corporation slash music label. It seems like they pretty much run the, not necessarily the world, but definitely this... Um, city which is supposed to be like the music capital of the world um like really big corporation type stuff and um her name is tatiana and she basically um says you're not worthy of you know being a a member of their their music label or whatever the prize was um for this show and you get voted off and pretty much um um, that gains you a little bit of, um, notoriety, I guess. Infamy, really. Yeah. Um, so just, just to like maybe more hammer home, like what's going on here. Um, so NSR, the, this company that is this corporation that is holding this, uh, competition, they are essentially the power company for this city called Vinyl City, the city that you live in the game. And um, so the way they're set up is uh, their artists make music and they use the power of their artists' music to power the city. Like literally, like, you know, the city runs on, is it fans or like basically the how enjoyable their music is basically powers the city. Um, so they basically are saying that EDM is the most popular music. It has the largest reach slash fan group, uh, fan base. Therefore they're powering their city, utilizing EDM artists, which is why you're, um, kind of dejected or rejected by, you know, all the, the judges and Mayday is extremely annoyed, um, because, uh, when you look in the background i i think she said that their um the amount of power that they generated in their performance was on par with everybody else so but they um were like basically laughed off the stage and she was basically like everybody's essentially brainwashed or working against rock and you know rock used to be this really big mighty uh pillar of music that everybody liked and now it's edm and uh, she doesn't like that. So she's like, we're going to show NSR a little something, something, you know, should give him a piece of my mind kind of situation. Jack Black fashion. <laughs> um, but yeah. And the city that, um, that we're talking about, the name of it is called vinyl city. 
which is interesting because that's a call back to a piece of technology from um, a previous era in music. Um, even though it's, you know, it's supposed to be more progressive, I guess, in terms of um, contemporary music. But, um, so after this, that's when we get into it. I can't remember if you go directly to the hub world first or your sewer um, headquarters. Do y'all remember? I feel like you go to the, again, after that, you go back to the hub. Okay, so in in the hub world, um... You meet a guy named Cliff. I believe that's where you meet him. And he kind of joins your your crew and gives you these um, plans to take down or help take down NSR. Uh, basically, and he tells you that you have to go through each district of Vinyl City and hijack their performances or their concerts and take over their district. Once you do that, you've taken control of their district. And you go along with his plans. Now, once you do this, um, you actually get introduced to, and I'll go back to the hub world, but this takes you into your headquarters or your your safe house or whatever, which happens to be a a sewer. Um, you're, you're underground, basically. And um, there are different sections of your your layer and in each one you can like adjust your collectibles and things that you find on the shelf um another room you can um apply mods to your um that change up combat um and then another one is where you talk to Cliff and he's the one who goes over your um your strategy for taking down NSR um but the one thing I think that was really missing, especially at this point in the game, was like a, a thorough tutorial. Um, throughout the gameplay, they kind of walk you through certain things, but as you're here, they don't necessarily um, hold your hand to show you exactly what to do. So I didn't come back and explore this place until after like the second or third boss, I think. Or the second or third district that you visit. I thought that after you, every time you beat a boss, you were sent here. You right, here. it does, but I wasn't using it the way I should have. I wasn't like exploring every single area like the one I was telling you about where you can mod out your weapons and apply stickers to give them updates. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, or at least I wasn't updating them every time I came here. I was just kind of going to Cliff, getting the updates, and then going out to the next district. Gotcha. Was it because you were bored, or like you were ready to get into the action, or what? What, what was I, it? About? I think like... so. Um, just because that first level, um, like you go into um, uh, the first district, seemed really short to me. Because um, I won't say it's, this game is like a boss rush, but it's a boss one. Yeah. I mean, you're you're primarily just, you know, making your way to the boss mm-hmm. um to take them out. Um so I was I was just kind of trying to to get back to the action. 
but um but yeah so let's talk about um the hub world first before we go any further then i'll go back to um once we get to the the quasi quasis whatever those things are then i'll go back to the um the sewer where you can actually spend that currency but um the hub world is the first place that you go and this is kind of like a not necessarily open world but it's like a a small city type area and you're able to navigate around you can run around um interact with npcs um and you pick up a type of there are these little collectibles scattered throughout the city called quasas or mini quasas and those are actually what you use as in-game currency and then like marcus was saying earlier um you use those in order to i guess power the city and once you do that um you get fans and fans is what you need in order to um upgrade so what do y'all think about that um aspect of the game as far as like everything revolves around gaining fans in order to um to get upgrades did y'all go out like it. it i wanted to like it it just didn't like it didn't do anything for me. Like, Did you like go out of your way to find all these collectibles y- to pick them up? Yeah, like so you know, like how I am when I'm in a like a open world game or a game that has collectibles. Like that's like what I I like to spend my time doing. That I don't know why, but really, it didn't seem like it did anything besides upgrading like. Unlocking new fans, I guess you could say. Like you, you, you turn on the light, or you power up a uh, a vending machine, or you power up something. It, 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 it was no. I don't know. There was like no point to me to the to the open world. There wasn't a, really a ton of things to do, and uh, it just it just felt empty and repetitive. So like I wanted it to be fun, and it was interesting to see the characters that you could interact with and like see their little. Uh, portrait that was drawn yeah. and like how they were looked but like it was just was kind of like meh you know there was not really anything to do in the open world section and i was just kind of like why why is this here i i like honestly like i i went back and listened to our episode of no more heroes and the way you guys felt about the open world in that game is how i feel about the open world in this game it's like not needed at all it's a. It's almost like they did it because one, they knew the game was going to be too short if they didn't give you other stuff to do other than just fight the bosses, and it was like a way to try and like add a little bit of personality to the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not very interesting other than just going around and like picking up the the, the currency that you. Use. I mean, that's really it, you know, and like trying to see what else, like substantial. And honestly, I thought there would be like some kind of in-game benefit to um you know collecting all of these and trying to power up as much as you can but you i think you end the game with a lot more than you actually need because later on um those quasas come in clusters and so you pick up a lot more further down the road um and then of course the expense um uh, ramps up too but you were also able to find um, stickers 
and those are what I was telling you about that you need to mod your weapons and when you start off you're able to add two stickers and these stickers will do things like increase your power by two or three percent um, increase your health by two or three percent like they're really small numbers um, that was kind of my problem with that I don't want I guess I don't want to like move very like small benefits to where it I think the permanent upgrades had significance, but the stickers yeah. in specific, where they were just like burnable too, because I think if you used them, they were gone, according to the yep. tutorial I read. How did you use them then? Because I just, mine were always equipped. I oh, you them. take them on and off? Yeah, but I, I felt the same way Dante did, so I was just like, let me hold off on using these until, um, until I have a couple, you know, like... I, like I didn't want to like let me use health health uh plus one instead of health plus two because I want to see what happens mm-hmm. and I had it on my guitar the entire game like it never went away yeah. so I, I like I and I read the same thing that Dante read too where it said like it's gonna go away after you use it but it never went away so I'm like was I not using it or what I think if you take it off and then replace it with another sticker. Um, you lose it, but I also noticed when I did that, they show back up in the world. You can pick them up again. I was able okay. to pick up one that I had er- earlier earned, so which I'm was reading really confusing the, because No Straight Roads fandom, believe it or not, they actually have one. Um, so stickers are temporary and last up to three boss fights. So. Essentially, you can use them for three full levels, which is like half the game, practically. I, I guess I wasn't using them then because, like, I had the ones I had equipped the entire. You know, as soon as I got them, I equipped them, and hmm. nothing happened. That might be right then, because I, I, like I said, I didn't start playing around with all that stuff until maybe like the second or third boss. So by the time I switched out all my stickers to the ones at higher levels. I probably would have lost the previous ones anyways after the next fight. So I guess that's why I never noticed them uh, disappearing. Well, anyways, those upgrades, like I said, are kind of inconsequential just because of how, um, you know, small the the gains are from using them. Um, But those are all of the pickups that's pretty much it as far as like the open world kind of stuff or not even open world but just hub world um type stuff um so from there you are able to progress to the first district and every district that you go to like when you get to the edge of the district it basically just kind of drops off and so you have to jump down and then once you gain control of that district, it like affixes it to um, the edge of of your hub world. Um, so basically, it's like a um, kind of like a train car um, type setup setup with um, all of the districts um, being stacked next to each other. But um, the first one you go to is the Cast Tech District, and um, this is the one with DJ Subatomic Supernova. So, who wants to go first? 
talking about DJ Subatomic Supernova? Uh, I can go first. Um, it actually, was fine. <laughs> actually, um, I guess I should break down a little bit of how the combat goes. So, like I said, this is an action adventure type game um, where it's music based. I guess um, all of the enemies move on a um, like they kind of move with the beat. So their attacks follow um, the beat so you can kind of time them. And um, there are things in each um, in each level that move as well. And those move with the music. So every district has a different. They're all like electronic music but they all have like a different feel and so this first one with dj subatomic supernova is a um kind of like a space atmosphere um and he's a dj so uh, that's kind of his theme but um what's up i would say i believe uh you're like interrupting or hijacking a a a, a uh concert that they have going on so his uh, concert is being held at the planetarium, and his his theme, kind of like you said, like his his head is a like a black hole, kind of encrusted in like a space helmet, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's when they show the tutorial, right? Is when when you're in about to fight him, right? If, if I I'm not mistaken. believe so. Somewhat, it's, it's very simplified, where they kind of tell you. Um, you know, follow the beat. Um, then they go into um, the parry. Um, whenever you see the um, the purple rays coming from a projectile, you can parry them. Um, what else do they go over? Using the um, um, the items like that are out on the field that you can upgrade um, that kind of help you in combat. I think all of Mayday's upgrades will um, do some type of attack, and all of Zook's upgrades. Whenever you upgrade a object, it'll do some type of support, um, where it'll either heal you or um, shield or something like that. Well, um, I was looking forward to it because I was like, I, I think this this character he looks cool. Um, I was like hopeful and full of wonder and I was just like ready to enjoy this game and then it was just a big wet fart when I freaking played <laughs> like the tutorial says the enemies attack on beat and I was like cool this is gonna be like freaking Cadence of Hyrule which you know like it was an enjoyable game like it, it had some like grow, uh, like what is it learning curves but once you get into the fight and it's just like Oh, like this character is not doing that. The the things that you're fighting aren't doing that like as consistently as I was hoping. Um, and I was just like, well, why would they say that things happen on beat when it's not actually happening on beat? What gives? And um, that kind of started my frustration with this game. Um, and uh, I don't know. It, it, it felt like. Um, the- Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. What game were you playing? Everything was on beat. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yes, if you if you listen to the music, that's exactly when the enemies attack. Like the things that spin, the things that shoot, 
everything was literally on doing the... it. I guess they weren't doing it uh, as quickly as I was thinking it was going to be. I guess like I was listening to the music, but it wasn't. I guess I was out of out of tune or something. I don't know. But um, I think I kind of get what you mean. It, it felt like like I guess maybe the confusion or the the the, the annoyance is is that your character is not doing anything to change the music like you have this music going on you have these attacks going off you have all this visual spectacle going on and it feels like your characters are just there to just stop stop everything you and you, you, you know what it reminded me of what's that you know in um the movie the lion king when simba starts singing oh i just can't wait to be king mm-hmm. and um What's the name of the bird? Um, Zazu. Zazu. And he's just like flying around while everybody else is like in sync and in rhythm and, and singing along. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of how I felt playing the game. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just it, it's something about like playing a music game and it was just like you're there and the music is happening, but you are not impacting or making the music happen at all. That was just so jarring and off-putting to me and i i I, it it was the weirdest thing it was just like all this cool stuff is happening and i'm not a part of it at all (laughs) oddly enough at a certain point i found myself trying to attack on beat for i don't know why i I don't know (laughs) there were times where i wasn't even paying attention to the music it was like which is crazy because it's a music game (laughs) i mean you don't have to because the game's easy. Like, if the game was harder, then you would have had to pay attention to it. Like, yeah, the game and, and, gives you other cues, like, when an enemy's gonna attack. Um, so you don't necessarily have to, like, follow the beat. Um, it just alerts you to say, hey, this enemy's about to attack. And so, you know, on the next beat, it's most likely gonna attack, but by the time it gets there, you have enough time to move out of the way or dodge. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, it was disappointing because I think Dante is a hundred percent right. If the combat was more difficult or the game was harder than the other things that they clearly spent a lot of time on the, 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 the visuals and the music, like it would have mattered, but it is so like I'm playing a music game and the music doesn't matter. Like, what am I doing here? I, I, I know, think like, it's also it a be- serviceable game even without that specific gimmick i mean i i'm not i'm not saying it had to it had to operate like cadence but what i'm saying is like the music itself was enjoyable the music uh, or the visuals i I thought looked really well or looked really good but like Mm -hmm. i i felt like it didn't like it was just eye candy that's all this like this game was just eye candy. each (laughs) each um boss fight is definitely just a big set piece and like, I mean, the boss fight, they had good gimmicks that. to the boss fights, I thought. Nah. Yeah, like, no, 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 we're not going to nah, just slander this game. All, for no, all, no, like, all you do is hit the same button over and over again, or you run up to no, a... No, 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 thing, no. Okay, there was a we'll, lot of we'll different attacks. We, we can break down each, each there's boss actually, fight. Like, there's actually a lot of depth to these boss fights as compared to your standard. Um, so, <laughs> DJ Summatomic super, Supernova, what about this boss fight? Um, I guess, what, Dante, what do you think was, I guess, the more, one of the well nuances um, of this It's boss very fight? hard for me to go, like, boss to boss on this game. 
Okay. So, so I, I here. Uh, so this one, you have he's. I think you're on like a large record or something, and that the planets are orbiting the, his stage. Right. You have to attack the planets to drop the ammo for you to shoot at him. Um, they'll you, you, so you get ammo and you can shoot. Um, you know projectiles. Uh, one of the things I didn't like was that there was no targeting system with combat. So like it was just basically like whatever direction you're facing, that's the direction you're attacking. The uh, the projectile was auto like lock on, so you didn't even have to worry about aiming or anything like that. So that made that aspect trivial. Um, and once you took his health down, he I think inverted the planets, and then he could attack overhead from him and he like choreographed his you know attack pattern so you had to dodge him or whatever and then at some point there was like uh some of those things that you play your instrument in front of to activate or whatever and like i think this boss fight was interesting but like i feel like every single to me every single boss followed the same exact template so by the end it was just kind of like okay run up attack dodge attack which you know whatever but that's not like, even what you did on this guy you have to hit the planets you're not actually hitting him directly yeah 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 you're not thing. hitting him directly you're you're hitting a planet to collect mm-hmm. uh projectiles to auto aim and hit the hit the boss and you're dodging his his projectiles that he's throwing at you and you're running up to which is another thing i didn't really care yeah, for. but this like, one also when you're you're on a record and you have a 360 i guess view around the boss so essentially you can do a full circle around the level Mm -hmm. so i get what you're saying but i think you're kind of selling it short because every boss is like attack and block at some point like if you really just yeah yeah definitely definitely i just i I, and i do think this was one of the ones that i have less of an issue with Mm -hmm. because uh I, I thought that it was visually interesting and I liked the music and I liked the concept of the fight, but I just, to me, after a while, it just got like grading. And that's later on once you're like a couple of bosses in. Okay. And that's primarily why I wanted to go through each district one at a time, because I think once we talk about some of the different nuances of each boss, it kind of echoes um, across the rest of the districts. So, um, so that way we won't have to rehash anything. Um, so we have anything else for DJ subatomic supernova? Um, I wanted to like point out, I guess with it and it may just only be me, but like initially I felt like the game was a little bit like too much going on as far as the boss fight. Like it was kind of hard for me to keep up with everything that was going on for that first, I guess maybe like after I died the first time, I started putting it together. But like initially, I was like, okay, I'm trying to keep up with where the attacks are coming from, where the attack, uh, I guess the the track that the, it was like me trying to attack. Then also, yeah, there was no like ramp up, so it was like yeah. I, I believe this was like there was no having to fight some fodder enemies before you got to the boss. This the game kind of started. You were in the open world, and then once you went to this fight you immediately fought the boss so it was kind of like super jarring you didn't know what the game expected from you what the expectations were and then once you got it then it was like easy but it was a little bit like whoa what the heck i think this is a tutorial boss though i think well i mean 
I because they kind of show you every single mechanic during this. Fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree, but it, I, I can mm-hmm. understand. Like I died on this boss too because I was just like, well, there's a lot of things to pay attention to, and it was just like basically learning the language of this game, uh, or you know, like learning the 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 combat or you know the the combat language of this game was that was what he kind of served the purpose of and i do think it was successful but i do think it was just kind of like whoa there's a lot of things going on here right now you know and once you get it then i think you're you're good but it it definitely has like a, a curve in the very beginning so yeah um i somewhat agree with that i do think um it does ramp up a little bit in difficulty, like as you, um, as the boss goes through different phases, but it's not like enough to the point where, okay, um, like say for instance, if this were like a music track, okay, I'm playing the drum beat right now. Next is going to add in the piano. All right. Now it's adding in guitar and, and so on and so forth like that. It doesn't do that to the, you know, to what you would expect. It just kind of says, Hey, here's all the music instruments and it's going to start off slow and then speed up really fast. Is that kind of the same experience? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, so once you defeat DJ subatomic supernova, you take control of his district and like I said, you go back and you add his final record to a player at the end or at the edge of your hub world. And it connects your um, your district to his. And you're able to go to the sewer layer again. And that's where you can apply upgrades. And by now you should have enough fans to um, go into, what was it called? The underground um, the place where I, you actually, I think so. I, I, I didn't, um, I think I was like you and I, I, I missed it the very first, I didn't, I didn't visit until the second boss after the second boss. Yeah. So at this point you can go into the underground and that kind of keeps tally of all the fans that you've gotten, which after you defeat DJ subatomic supernova and every, um, boss after that, um, you gain more fans and this is this kind of makes the um collecting those quasas and repairing the city or bringing power to the city kind of useless because you get a lot of fans doing this and i believe you continue to get fans every time you complete it um because you can go back and try to get a better score um on each boss um so did any of y'all replay uh, multiple bosses like just to get a better score Interesting, oh, okay. to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't really wall you off if you get a bad score. At least I don't know if it does. It doesn't because it, it seemed like C was as low as it went, but it still lets you continue with the game. Did anybody get any, anything lower than a C? No. Did anybody get I a feel C? Like that's the lowest it goes, right? I didn't actually look it up. But I got a C just because, you know, I restarted a level. Or I didn't restart a level. I think I died, and it you know it asked you if you want to restart or continue, and I just hit continue, and it automatically gives you a C. I think it says the highest you can get is a C at that point. Gotcha. Yeah, I doubt there's anything higher than a C, or um, lower than a C. Sorry. Um, but yeah, 
you go back to the sewer and the underground is where you're able to apply your useful upgrades and that's where you can make it so that your characters have a double jump and um, you can add more um, combos to uh, Zuko's uh, moveset. Um, what else can you apply? Like, they still didn't really have a lot of impact on the gameplay itself, but they had their, some of them had their uses. Um, See, I, man, what, how am I going to be the defender due to this game? Like, those changed up the game pretty significantly. Like, well, you get one with I, I, Mayday I, I, where it's like, hey, like, if you do a finisher, then you get the shooty shots and, like, upping. Yeah, and I used all those. I, I only say that because you can complete the game without using any of those. But that's every game. <laughs> like, except for the ones where you have, like, something that's blocking your progression. Like, you can finish Dark Souls without leveling up. Or Sekiro, since that's a game we've played. Yeah, I mean, I had no problem, like, progressing in this game, like, before I started playing around with those. Because there... And, and one thing that we missed in, like, the hub world is you can also play your instrument to activate objects in the environment, um, just like you would in combat. And these um, give you more stickers and, and collectibles um, throughout the city. And there are some that have levels on them. There are also doors that you can um, activate. And they'll have like a level on them. In order to get to the higher levels, you have to upgrade through the underground. Um, with more fans, that's the only way you can activate those higher level um, objects. Um, but I, I thought there was going to be some type of benefit to doing those, so I made sure to upgrade that part of it because I thought that was more essential than some of the combat stuff at first. Little did you know, once you got through those level two doors, there's nothing there. Yeah, there, there's pretty much um, nothing to find. Um, so I wish I would have used. Um, some of those fans um, or upgrade points to upgrade other stuff. I felt like most of the 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 band upgrades I felt like were the ones that really oh, really yeah. um, were the the game changers. The double jump and then having the air dash and um, I, I really enjoyed those ones. But some of the other ones where it's like, oh, you I don't remember what was the when you held the other button to play the instrument. What was that and like thing called? Oh, the circle of interest. Yeah, yeah. What do you? What was the move called or interaction? Whatever. I think it's just called circle of interest. Like when yeah. You, so there was one where you could like convert whatever item quicker. Mm-hmm. Like I never noticed that it happened any quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt about the same. Um, and even like uh, I did the one where I think didn't the the Zook start with a combo of three? And yeah. You could upgrade it to I upgraded it to five, and then you could upgrade it to seven later on. But like I never felt like. <laughs> It's a pretty big difference. Did you use his combos? Yeah, did you use a finisher at the end? I did, but um, let's just going back to more complaints I have is like the combat was so easy that you could only do it on the bosses, and because most of the most of the uh, fodder enemy was two or three hits at most to kill them, so it was like his specific combo stuff which he's he's the 
more lightweight. Like like you said, he's he's the more support when you do the interactable things, but he doesn't hit as hard as Mayday, and um, so it takes an extra hit or two to kill enemies. But like enemies didn't really get any more difficult except for the bosses. So like like I said, two or three swings at most with him, and you're killing most enemies. So I never got to really see the entire finisher. I think it's definitely more boss oriented for those combos and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just it, it it feels really weird to have an upgrade system that only applies to bosses in this game. Like, not be a boss rush mode or boss rush game. So I feel like, like this game the... is a boss rush game, though. I mean, like, it is, but it's not. It, it's not advertised that way, and like they have all that stuff in between to like lengthen the game. But I I, I felt like they should have just leaned into the boss rush aspect of the game or something i have a lot of it would have been like a three hour game well i mean at that point then they could like flesh it out more um i I, like i'm I'm sure like obviously with the you know like they they have things that they want to you know accomplish and everything like that but i don't know like the way the combat was with the main like they never you're fighting the same groups of enemies the entire game uh, they take yeah, the same really amount of hits. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, there's really only like what four or five enemy types throughout the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> outside yeah. of the bosses. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I guess one thing, just for the listeners' clarity, like there are lead ups to just about all the bosses, and typically speaking, they're about I'd say five to ten minutes tops. So it's like something you do. And like they're saying, there aren't that many different um, enemy varieties, but they're rev- they're they're not like full quote unquote levels, so to speak, in a traditional, you know, one of these games. All right, so I guess we can move on to the next district, and that one is the uh, Akusuka district. And it's kind of like an underwater slash digital environment. And you're, the controller of this just district is Sayu. And Sayu is kind of like a mermaid creature. Hence the underwater area. And Sayu is also controlled by... Um, hmm. What's the, the term? Did we go into how this game pretty much designed all the bosses what do you and mean? how they took tropes of every single like music genre and kind of like embodied them so this is like the I guess VTuber or like Hatsune Miku of the game so to speak I'm not familiar with that last how... term you used but um what? Hatsune Miku? You've never heard of Hatsune Miku? I feel like that's pretty popular. That's a really for especially for a Pokemon fan. Not to, I feel like there's a Venn diagram I that mean, is literally just, just two overlapping circles. It just looks like a, a Japanese anime girl. Yeah, she's very popular. She did like virtual concerts. I have never everywhere. Heard of her. Oh my. I mean, I'm not into waifus like that, so I don't really follow like all the. You don't have to be into a waifu to know who Hatsune Miku is. I think she was on CNN at one point. Yeah. I digress. Forget, forget. I said anything. 
Never heard of her. I mean, I've probably seen her, but I probably just assumed it was some type of generic anime girl from some show. I've probably seen people cosplay as her, but just never knew exactly who she was or who she was supposed to be. Marcus, you've heard of her, right? I've heard of her, but um, I'm kind of like you. You already know. I don't really have like a when I hear anime or you know Japanese things. I'm just like that's not my. It's not my ministry. I'm not about to Google that. Um, but yeah, I've heard of it, and I knew it was anime girl something, but I had no idea what she looked like. But I mean, yeah, like this is just anime girl. Um, basically, it's it's a character that is a huge digital artist and i think they say the way to take it down is to take down the creators and there's four of them and they you know one's the choreographer one's the artist one's the voice one's the i don't remember the other one and it's kind of interesting because it kind of plays on the um voltron slash power rangers kind of Mm -hmm. trope of like you know these four people combined create this you know mighty creature or whatever um yeah. Threw in a little bit of that Sentai 7, just with four people instead of seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and this is honestly, because of that, this is the most interesting... Um, I don't know if you necessarily fight the boss itself, or you're more so concerned about the environment. But this was probably the most um, intricate level to me. Just because each of those, the artist, the the, um, the programmer, and you know all four of those, um, with them being introduced, they each have different attacks that happen. And so, once you disable whatever their um, what do you call it, um, you, you basically like while you're playing through the level. Um, and you, you go through it just like you do the previous district, but you run into like their, um, shields or something and you have a firewall kind of, yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to think of is like a firewall. Once you take it down, um, you disable them and it stops their attacks. Um, so like there are, um, for example, like moving, um, um, walls in each area and so once you disable let's say I can't remember exactly which one it was but once you disable like the artist those walls start moving a lot slower so you can pat, you can move around them um, a lot easier and you don't take damage from them um, once you disable the programmer um, during a level um, it stops like a little mouse cursor that's moving around the screen and clicking on you to attack you it, it stops those attacks from happening. So every time you disable one of them, it makes the level a little bit easier. And it does that up until you get to the um, the, the final phase of the boss. The uh, thing that so we haven't mentioned is that... So like there's basically three seg- segments of the game. There's the hub world slash, you know, like open world aspect where you're third person and uh well you know entire game third person but you can control the camera there is the hacking part i guess you could say where you're leading up to the boss uh i don't believe the first boss had it uh dj subatomic uh what is it what's his name dj subatomic supernova i don't think he had like a lead up section this was the first time they introduced that and so like you're having to travel to get to the boss 
And so you're still in that um, kind of open world view, but now you can't change the camera. Like, you can't control the camera. It's, like, uh, locked. And didn't like that uh, because um, of reasons. And then they have the boss section, which is also a locked camera, um, fixed ca- uh, position camera. And so one of the things leading up to this boss uh, that I didn't really care for was that you couldn't see enemies around you sometimes. If you like walk past them or like not walk past them, but um, the camera was always with you center. And if you walked beyond where enemies were, Sometimes it was hard to see where they're at or just see what was going on. Not that like I was in a threat of dying to these enemies or whatever, but it got a little bit annoying, uh, especially on this level when there's like obstacles and things you have to avoid as well. Sometimes like getting that uh, thing off the screen and accidentally running into it when you're heading back is was an annoyance. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it kind of just felt restrictive at, at points. I, I won't say the majority of the time, but like it did at some times, at so some points. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And I thought the game wanted you to play it in a way so that you never have enemies behind you. Like as you're, as you're going through that phase where you're um, getting to the boss um, and fighting like the fodder enemies. Um, I thought you were supposed to, take down each threat and then move forward but uh-huh. th- then there are certain times where you might have an enemy that is shooting projectiles at you mm-hmm. um or like those a lot of times i would just simply pass by those annoying enemies that um they were like little pillars and that then shot out the little things yeah the metal stakes or whatever yeah I, sometimes i would just pass by those just because i wanted to get rid of the threats you know, behind them, the ranged enemies, right? Before trying to address those, just because of how annoying they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are certain enemies, like the, um, I think there's supposed to be cameras um, that shoot, um, not the the flying projectile um, enemies, but the ones where you get close to them and then they kick you, like they, yeah, the, the, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think those can shoot behind them. I don't think they can turn. No, no, they can't. So once you get behind them, you can pretty much um, just kind of take them down. You still have to avoid their um, their close range attack. But in order to do that, you kind of have to pass bypass like other enemies, and then you'd end up having um, those enemies behind you, and that's where you get into situations like Marcus was describing. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a big, a huge issue at this point. Um, it really kind of came up later in the game, uh, specifically like the very last um, couple of ones where you're, you know, those those enemies that do the AOE attacks and like enemies are spawning, but you can't see them spawning. Mm-hmm. So you're like running into an AOE attack while you're trying to look for stuff to interact with. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't as big of an issue on this particular stage, but I just thought we should mention that this is the first time that we deal with the i want to say pseudo platforming it's not really platforming but it's like the oh no this isn't where where we touch the platforming yet sure 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 i think um it it gets a lot worse than this i think in my opinion i don't think the platforming was that bad on this part 
Well, yeah, and I'll say the boss on this one, I thought this was like one of the more difficult bosses, and I don't, I, I'm willing to admit and say that I died on every single boss on this game at least once. Um, this one, I don't know what it was. It was the the mouse attacks, and uh, another oh, yeah. thing I didn't like was like the stun lock in this game. So if you got hit by one thing, then like you, especially if it was like a, a multiple projectiles, like if you got hit by one, I felt like I got hit by every single one <laughs> after that. And that was frustrating where it was like, oh, yeah, I have full health. And then you get, like, I was slipping and I dodged too soon. And then I get hit by the very first projectile. And then I get hit by the next seven because I can't do anything after that. And then it just melts my HP to, like, half health. And that was one of the things, like, the the little mouse uh, cursors that came down from the sky. And um, the mouse cursors that circled around your character... Um, sometimes it's like, oh, I swung and I hit three of the five, and then the other two hit me, and I'm just like, damn, there goes there goes a grip of health. And this is honestly where I started getting confused by the health bars, because there were certain attacks that would hit um, either Mayday or Zook, and sometimes it seemed like they did less damage, sometimes they seemed like they did more damage, sometimes, and then I wasn't sure what the items did, and throughout the... the um, combat encounters um there are these uh cases that you can um attack and open and they drop food items that heal you i believe i think the 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 hot dogs healed i want to say the soda gave you energy um and i don't remember what the other thing was hot dog there is a there's fries yeah i think the fries i think the food items were health and then the drinks gave you energy yeah, I'm pretty sure one was a hot dog, right? Yeah, the hot dog the gave you the most. And, do- um, hmm. and then the fries gave you a little bit. Sometimes it seemed like the fries didn't do anything at all. Or maybe my all health I got was just was fries. Like, I really never got good. a hot dog. But. You probably weren't losing any life, any health then. <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, oh, and boss wise, like I said, this was like one of the. To me, this was one of the more difficult bosses, and I, I don't know, is <laughs> yeah. There was, a, I mean, I was with you when you said um, there's a lot going on, like even more so on this one than DJ Subatop- yep. Subatomic Supernova's yep. level. I think there was a lot going on in this one, and most of it intentionally. Because I... they... go ahead. I was gonna say I think this is where the music comes in and helps you out because. I never really felt, not until the very end, felt overwhelmed by anything, because everything's to the beat of the music, so all of those, like, attacks, like the mouse pointer, the AoE that circles around you and then closes in, the guys that jump and stomp down, that's all to a different beat of the music. So, I don't know. It was all dodgeable. I think there are certain attacks that... Um, or there are certain situations where it's better to be playing as Mayday or Zook than the other. Definitely. Um, because when you do have like those pins that surround you, or those whatever they are, the quill tips, I don't know, um, the cursors that surround you, it's a lot easier to get out of that with Mayday because her attack has more range. Well, you can just roll though. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. I was attacking all of them. I think uh, my my thing was with Zook. I think he had like a, a AOE, like a like a ground pound kind of thing, where if you jumped and then attacked, he hit the ground, and then it did like a splash around him. So I, I think I did that to get rid of those cursors when he was uh, surrounded. I would just like swing three times. Oh, uh, I I didn't I couldn't tell if hers was uh, you know that way. Right. So, Anyways, yeah, this boss was lame. So next boss. I like the visuals on this one. I like the visuals. I like the music. I didn't like the. <laughs> I didn't like fighting this boss. I was about to say that probably sums up my general. Yeah. The next boss that or the next district that you go to is kind of like a concert hall, and that's where you meet Yinu. And Yinu's supposed to be like this pianist prodigy, and it's like a little girl. And um, you start off by, well, first you make your way to the boss, just like all the other districts. And then you fight Yinu, and Yinu is like playing the piano, and you have these big music notes coming at you. Um, And then later on, which I thought was cooler, was you find out um, the mom is like this... um, what is it, like this overbearing um the the, the helicopter mom the, the yeah. tiger mom <laughs> and um like where she's the one pushing her child to to do all this stuff um but yeah that that whole trope but um but then in the the last phase of this boss fight you actually end up fighting the mother which I thought was pretty interesting um and once again another huge set piece the way it just kind of changes um through the different phases I think this was one of my favorite bosses, and I, I this was to me the one that the music was the most um, prominent or like I don't know helpful or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I did enjoy this boss. I mostly like this one because the way the attacks come at you are like all in um, kind of like in waves, like the music notes are all aligned. And so you can kind of follow the notes as they come at you um, um, in sequence. And Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. I think this is where I got the most practice in parrying. Um, Gotcha. Because I don't remember parrying that much on the second boss. The first boss, I don't think I was that good at it, so I probably missed a lot of them or just dodged them completely. But this one, I was actually moving in front of the purple rays in order to parry but i thought this uh this boss was pretty well done especially as like a a set piece and they also get a lot of use out of the um i guess interactable objects in the environment Mm -hmm. because you can get a lot of like extra damage in so like this one i i like this boss because it felt like the those interactables aren't every boss, but I felt like this was the like the one that they gave you time and space to actually use it in a way that was like strategic versus like I felt like in other bosses it was just like oh I gotta quickly activate this thing before I you know go through a wave of attacks again which technically that's every single boss but I felt like you had time to like strategically use the ones in this one where I felt like the other ones it was just like I need to have this thing up because it's going to be an ally in, in the fight if that makes any sense. No, it probably doesn't. No, I definitely understand what you mean. Alright. So anything um, out of the ordinary for this boss? I was uh, going to say you skipped over. And yeah, you skipped no, no, over. I, I didn't. I've got it on the list. I want to talk about that one last. 
Oh. Huh? Okay. Why? <laughs> just just because. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> the next boss um, or the next district is the Metro Division District. And can we? Can I say to one of the things I like? Y'all are gonna know how much what I dislike about this game. Um, every are you sure? Time, yeah, we're, I'm gonna make sure. Like, if we're not if we're not gonna do anything, we're gonna know why Marcus doesn't like this game. Um, every single time you beat a boss and then you go to like unlock the next district, you always start at the same exact spot, and then you have to go through the entire boring ass open world Vinyl City Town, Vinyl City City in order to get to the next part. And I really, really dislike that, too. It, it, like, it kept hammering home how little there was to do in the open world I, area. I think it was supposed to be like a Metroidvania aspect where, okay, you've got more fans, you can unlock more stuff now. The, the doors are open for you. So as you're going back through these areas, you can open things that you couldn't before. I think that's supposed to be. That's what it's I think supposed to that be might have been the intent at some point, but that never got fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah. But to counter Marcus's point, I will also say, from beginning to end is like three minutes. I so, I a hundred percent agree. Like it is. But he wants is, those three minutes back. Well, I'm just saying, like Dante is a hundred percent right. You know, like it, it. But it's like, what is this here? If it's not like adding any value or like there's not like you're getting any story beats or any like you're not running into any characters of any note it's it's just kind of like we want to include this thing because we spent time building it and we want to ensure that you know um, you guys see it and I don't know if that is I kind of agree with you but then I could also like that's how I feel about any Assassin's Creed game after like pretty much any Assassin's Creed game where it's like uh, why why is all of this superfluous stuff even here just let me do the missions but I mean even in Assassin's Creed there's like I mean there's more collectibles and you can actually like practice combat and things like that there's like literally nothing in this open world at the very that least, stuff might like, as well be nothing to me, though. That's why. But at the like, very least, like in a game like a game where you didn't like the the open world, no more heroes. You could buy clothes, you could do jobs, you could, you know, buy upgrades and everything. And like here, they had the sewers to buy upgrades and you know, better your character. So it was literally just the open world was for you to, like, literally light power, like turn on. Like, there were some characters you could talk to, like. It wasn't the most interesting stuff to me. Yeah, yeah. And, like, even the things that you could interact with, I was thinking, like, oh, like, this is, like, interesting. So, like, I don't know if you ran into that box that they said, like, this was some artist from the 50s. And I was thinking, oh, this should be of note. Like, there might be an interesting side quest or something with this box. Or, no, nothing. I I think it's supposed to be a Gone Home-esque type thing. And I'm going to put a little bit of credit to this game just because, like... If you observe, there's like a lot of observable things in the background in the open world. And you get different dialogue depending on if you observe them as Mayday or Zook. So, mm-hmm. like, when you get to world, I guess, six, the Zooks is X, which we'll get into later. Um, Mayday is a very, I don't say basic character, but she doesn't really like think of art in a very deep way, per se. So when you all look at all of the stuff there, she's like, oh, this is, this doesn't make any sense to me. And then 
you switch over to Zook and then you look at the stuff and he's like, oh, this means this in her inner mind and this is what she was feeling when she was going through it. So I, I think there is some depth there and I kind of did appreciate it at least a little bit. I, I'll be honest, when I was looking at those observable items, I thought you'd be able to take them back to the sewer and like put them on the shelf with the rest of your collectibles. Um, and when I found out that wasn't the case, I stopped interacting with them as much. Unless it was something that, like I had no, absolutely no idea what it was, I wouldn't interact with it at all or observe it. I would just kind of pass it by just because I knew there wasn't anything else like that happened once you interacted with it. That makes me sad. I interacted with everything, but I was just like, I'm literally, it's just going to give me a text block and that's it. And it's just kind of like, I wish there was, yeah, like you said, like a collectible or like this was going to spark some dialogue with somebody or, or something, but with with some of the characters, but no, it was just kind of like observations your characters are making. It's like when you're playing Mass Effect and you, you know, are in, um, the citadel and you're just like interacting with things and it's just like oh yeah you're just gonna make a comment about this thing to your party members that that was the equivalent people like that in mass effect i like mass effect uh, i don't like that in mass effect uh, i thought it was gonna unlock some trophy at some point but (laughs) anyway i'll die on that hill you can go ahead sorry so um moving into the metro division district um I honestly hated this lead up to the boss. This is the one where you fight Ten Ten. Uh, yeah, oh, the yeah, platforming in this part was yeah. not great. The, this is well, the cars. Was, and I like the right? platforming yeah. on in the premise of the platforming. Some of the jumping mechanics here are a little sus. It's because the camera's fixed and you can't change the angle, so you don't know if you're lined up to something or not. Love walking off edges of stuff because I didn't know that the it just dropped. I really wonder why they didn't hack in those because you could do it in the open world, but you just areas. I feel like it would break. Like they probably it, it probably had to do with how the game was built, yeah, maybe. <laughs> or how the 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 environment was built on these particular sections. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't have much of a problem with the camera. It was more of just some of the floatiness, I guess. Of the- yeah. The platforming. I was trying to utilize the, the like the air dash on some of them, and there were times where if you don't land on that platform before it starts moving, you're gonna fall. Peace. <laughs> it's like Wally Coyote. Yep. Yeah. Um, but that leads up to Ten Ten, um, and I guess this is kind of like the boy band music genre. It's actually kind of dope because, uh, like, what they say is, like, it's the manager. He's this uh, uh, creator. I think his name was, like, Neon J or something. Mm-hmm. And it they basically are, they're literally robots, this boy band. And he owns or runs this robot factory. So, basically, uh, the thought is, is that it, it's very, like commentary on like how boy bands are where it's just like they're you know manufactured sounds and everything like that so um you you defeat one of the five and they immediately get replaced so you're having to like attack the thing that is replacing the 
the robots as you're killing them. And so see, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't know if that was intentional or if it was just like bad AI. Because I did start seeing like some of the seams in this game start to show. And, and that's mostly like... This far in? <laughs> <laughs> like the same enemy always um, gave you a parryable um, attack. Mm-hmm. And so I kept destroying like the same one, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, when is a different one going to give me a, an attack that I can parry?" And it never I think happened. that's a design thing, so you know which one to. Well, it. I'm, I'm not going to try to be like Dante and say it should have been more difficult, but uh, I think in that aspect, they they could have ramped up the difficulty a little bit and. Randomized. It sounds like you guys died plenty during this game, so I'm kind of I'm a little died? confused. There's a lot of mixed messages going on. I wouldn't necessarily say I necessarily died, um, like a lot. I know someone died every fight, so I did. I did. I probably I died. I know I died on the final boss. Um, like there were instances where I did die on the. Um, um, on the boss, but if it was like, well, not the boss, but the, um, like the lead up to the boss. But once I figured out it like resets your health, like I just started trying to make it to the boss. If that makes any sense. It does. I, I wasn't really worried about how much health I lost because I knew it would just kind of reset my health. Um, but yeah, I I wish this boss battle would have been a little bit more difficult. Um, sometimes the attacks were weird with this boss. Like, yeah, um, so I know we kind of got into it earlier about like not there not being much variety of the bosses, but like each boss at least had I'd like to say seven to eight different unique attacks. Oh yeah, so. It's not like every boss was cut from the same cloth. I, all the fights to me felt relatively unique. The enemies were repetitive, the but the bosses go. weren't. Yeah. Right. I think that was where we had the issue. It was just the the boss fights themselves are like unique and varied. I guess maybe how you beat every boss. You know, I mean, like what you're doing essentially the same, but like the boss fights themselves are like pretty. Unique. Yeah, you're. You're doing whatever you need to do to get the projectiles, the ammo, to shoot at. Um, sometimes you need the projectiles, sometimes you don't. Because sometimes it's just, I got a melee on this guy for a long time. I think it was mostly me, and um, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't really, don't really need to argue, don't really care. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, that was 1010, the, um, the boy band who Mayday is a huge fan of, by the way. That's, she became a fan. <laughs> that That's pretty much, that, that's the most exposition you get with Mayday throughout this game, I think. Well, I mean, she's like leading the charge as far as like being the one that's the most vocal about Yeah, being well, anti- I mean, just as far as like backstory. Sure, or not necessarily backstory, but kind of like making it feel more lived in. Yeah, but uh, we'll get to Zook later. But um, or we'll get to Zook now, actually. So the next district is the Dream Fever District. That was a good segue. 
but um, this is the one like Dante alluded to earlier is where you the boss happens to be an ex-bandmate of Zooks and this district is made to be like a art gallery and it's actually really cool um, this artist is also the right hand to Tatiana so it's like the next in line it's it's the her NSR's largest or biggest artist but um but yeah I don't know if she was necessarily Zook's ex like girlfriend I guess it could be implied uh, but I think it's implied like they yeah. make it sound like like a love interest like they were definitely man mates and maybe they had like a thing a fling but it wasn't like they were Facebook official or anything like that but they definitely confirm that they used to be in a band together and um and this is like an interesting boss level because you don't get to fight side by side on this one with Mayday and Zook um so the boss switches back and forth between different rooms and it also changes up the music every time the boss switches or every time you switch between Mayday and Zook to fight whatever room the boss is in um so, what'd y'all think about that concept? I feel like it was kind of a nice twist, you know, kind of what you had been. Yeah, I liked how they changed it up. This was one of those boss fights that gave me a little bit of trouble. I think I died at least once on it. Kind of micromanaging a little bit because, like, you'd have to be on one side, do a couple of actions, then the character you were fighting would essentially switch to the other character and you'd have to hit the bumper to switch over. So it was it was interesting. Yeah, this was one of the ones I was referring to with like I felt like Zook's side was a lot easier for me. Uh Mayday's side I I felt like I had to deal with way more attacks and I felt like I never had time to activate her her things before I was like getting stomped out or slapped or or whatever. Um but I do like the the concept of like separating the two and having them fight on their own. Is this the one where you said you died during a cutscene? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, think I remember I, um, seeing that part, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that, that I, uh, must be what got Marcus." Yeah, I um, I think um, what was this? She, there was a the the head in the back shot like a lasers from mm-hmm. its eyes, and uh, I had hit the did the last killing blow and the cutscene uh i got hit by the um the laser once so i i took her health all the way down i got hit the the screen was going to black i got hit by the laser the cutscene started and it gave me the the game over you're like you want to start over screen and i was just like are you serious It, it was so stupid actually too one of the things that we haven't talked about which is probably for the best but um I heard this game was mad buggy when it first came out, and um, I was wondering, not just because the Encore Edition supposedly had a lot of quality of life fixes, but I had some um, slowdown at certain parts when there was a lot of things on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was wondering if anybody else ran into anything, at least, like up to where we're at now talking about the game if anybody had any other technical difficulties. I didn't run into that until the final boss. 
Yeah. Yeah, I had nothing happen. I wonder if we all had the same thing happen there. I didn't have anything on the final boss, but I did get a soft lock in the open world area. Like, when you're jumping down to the first area, I talked to the guy and then I wanted to check something out in town, so I backed up and he gave me the prompt to go talk back to him, but I couldn't actually move my character. So, I got one soft lock and... I think Trevor mentioned it a lot earlier in the episode, but I regretted getting this on Switch just because the performance is not good, especially in the open world area. Yeah. And the visuals, um, definitely... A little muddy. Yeah, they got (laughs) pretty muddy for a game, but I don't want to say it doesn't have a lot going on, but it definitely felt like the Switch should probably be able to handle this at a solid frame rate, or at least a consistent one. Yeah. (laughs) So... You gotta get that performance mode switch. <laughs> Alright, so that was Eve. And then the next one is actually the final boss. And that is Tatiana. And I'm trying to remember what the lead up to Tatiana was. You you basically, um, you go to the NSR tower. You're right up the elevator. Oh, and then you get I out. remember that. Yeah, the elevator. Because um, I died... I think twice on this one um and both times i had to ride the elevator and listen to that speech again yep well you can yep. skip the cutscene. no it's not a not cut that scene. one not for the elevator not for the elevator but everything yeah yeah, yeah. other yeah. other ones you could yeah this this one you yeah. couldn't so it was it was annoying um i definitely saw the twist uh, a thousand miles away i don't know if you guys did i i thought um because Cliff was like a huge fan, he was going to have something to do with, um, and before we get into it, just heads up, this is a spoiler for the ending, um, for the twist, um, so if you want to skip this part of the podcast, um, but I thought Cliff was going to have something to do with, um, Cool Fyra. I mean, he was a big fan. Yeah, and that's why I thought he had something to do with, um, Uh. like, why the you know, why the band no longer existed. Gotcha. I, I was thinking that he was like, also like, um, like a member, like kind of like, kind of like the whole Zook and Eve right. thing was, I was thinking like, he was like a former member of cool fire and he, cause he, it seemed like he was being pretty cagey. Like he was like, yeah, like I, I knew of her and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I was thinking like he was in the band with her, but I definitely saw that, you know, like, Oh, this character is definitely the character that, Mayday has been fangirling over the entire game. But um, anyways, after you get off the elevator, um, you basically fight um, Tatiana on the face of a clock. And this battle seemed like it went on too long. I actually felt like the game broke and it may have broken one. The, the dialogue sequence where you fight her uh, went all out of sync. And you fight and then the portrait of oh god her name eve um eve, not not eve um tatiana mayday mayday there we go yeah the portrait of her just got stuck on the screen in the middle of the fight hmm. <laughs> so, I'm just, <laughs> so i'm just fighting and this like stuck on the screen and then i got to a certain point where i kept uh I get, getting to like the next phase of the fight and it just went i i had the uh not the portrait but i had the audio out of sync as well on the cutscene, and i was like what the like 
It threw me off, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, the part that I was referring to, um, as far as it taking too long, it seemed like it kept resetting, like the fights. Because there was one section of it where you keep doing the same thing over and over, and she says the same dialogue every time it restarts. So I Yeah, actually... they do recycle some of the dialogue, but I think every phase was more or less unique. Well, I had to look it up to see if I was doing something wrong in order to trigger the next phase. Because after like that first phase, you have to hit the, the dial that's going counterclockwise. And then that's when she jumps down. And then you can fight her. Um, uh, you fight close. her regularly. You fight her with one clock hand. She eventually, I think you have to do that twice. You fight her with two clock hands. Then she turns on fire. Well, I kept then, having to repeat the sequence where she has one clock hand. Like, it kept on just starting over and over again. Every time I hit the dial that goes around the clock, it I swear it did it like six or seven times. I wonder if you have to get it a certain distance. Maybe. Because I made sure to like try to get it to do a full circle every time. That seemed to progress things pretty fast. Maybe that's what it was then. Because, I mean, it didn't give me any hints as to what I was supposed to do next, so I just kept doing the same thing over and over. But, um, but yeah, that was... Um, so, so, I, I had read something, and I just was, like, reading other things. I read something about this earlier, and I was rereading just now to confirm, but apparently somebody said, is there a glitch at the final boss where it loops one of the phases, and it's, it's somebody responds, oh no, that's normal. Time is supposed to loop. They just didn't implement it well. Um, and basically it says, yeah, it's normal. you got to hit the crown enough times to fight Tatiana. If you see a white flash when you failed and need to try again when you drain Tatiana's health for that phase. So, like, it, it was more unlikely that it was looping that section because you weren't doing enough damage to her crown or whatever. Hmm. Hitting the dial thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah, it took me forever to even realize that that dial was a thing. Like, I was just stuck at her shooting the little cards at me or whatever they were for a long time, and then I finally saw the thing. <laughs> well, um, any thoughts on this boss fight? Um, any fans of Kingdom Hearts? Wait, what? Because <laughs> you have to, you have to use the key to. Do something. You do have I don't, to use a key. I, yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, I don't know either. Also, I didn't understand why her hands were so big. Everybody's hands in this game. Did you just not see Mayday or Zook's hands? I mean, sure, but like in comparison to like like Yinu's hands aren't big. The robot dudes' ten tens aren't big. Like hers were just like huge. <laughs> I didn't understand that. It's from playing the guitar. I guess. All those calluses. Uh, the fight was fine. I don't know. Like, I, I, it, I had two boss fights that, like, stood out to me, and this was not one of them, so. This was the one where I, this one messed me up for a little bit, and I kind of have to, it's not hit stun that was the issue, but this had the exact same issue that Raji had, or at least I'm going to call it an issue, where... There is no invincibility after getting hit. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when she did those big fireballs and you were just close to her, if you got hit by one of them, you could potentially get your entire health bar nuked. And I just happened to have that happen like five times. 
And I think she does like the most damage of any of the bosses. Oh before, yeah, so far oh, by far. If it wasn't for the little like damage stacking thing, I'd have been fine with it. But that did frustrate me a little bit. But yeah, you um, you defeat um, Tatiana, and then the big reveal, and that's when Cliff um, turns out to be the antagonist. And he's, um, what is it? He sent a satellite hurling down to destroy. Yeah, he, he sends an NSR. He, like, hacks an NSR satellite and has it hurling down to destroy the tower and, you know, kill everybody in and the tower. Now so it's they, a race against time. Yeah, Tatiana's like, I will clear out this building to make sure they're safe. You're going to have to uh, give back power to all the artists that you've defeated. And uh, because the only. With everybody back in their rightful place, can we harness enough power to, to stop this thing from happening? And uh, so then you have to go back and revisit, see everybody, help them out, do this stupid... And and you battle fake um, enemies that you battled throughout the game, um, which was weird. Why are they like made out of cardboard? This, this was the one that I was telling you where it was like because because they were constantly respawning enemies where like the the fixed camera was like a problem because mm-hmm. you know you're getting those those enemies that are doing the AOE attacks and you're just looking for the little orbs to to activate and just and I kept running into AOE <laughs> and I'm sure this is where the upgrade to make it um, faster when you um, activate objects in the environment. I'm sure this is where that would have came in handy. Yeah, if for it sure, for you sure. know made any difference at all. I mean, I had I had uh, that for Zook, and I don't really feel like it did too much. Like it wasn't like that meaningfully faster. Like three percent isn't that much faster. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like three percent of like six seconds. <laughs> yeah, you're not really cutting off too much time. And um. So, yeah, you do that, you, um, uh, what do you do? You just, like, restore the districts back to their, um, previous owners? Yeah, previous owners, then, uh, the whole time Cliff is talking to you on the phone and, uh... Acting weird. Yeah. Can I, can I say, too, every time Cliff popped up in the bottom right with the phone on a boss fight, I never could pay nope. attention to what he was saying. I was like, why are they doing this? Why don't they put subtitles at the bottom of the screen instead of having him in the bottom right corner? Because I'm paying attention to, like, not getting my ass beat by this boss. Are you... Every single time. Were you playing in handheld mode? Yeah. Maybe that's why. I, I didn't have an issue with it, to be honest. Gotcha. I mean, same here. I was playing on uh, Switch Lite, so... One, the text was already too, super tiny. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, I, I mostly ignored it. I was like, I hope he's not giving me any tips on how to beat this boss because I cannot see it and dodge these attacks right now. <laughs> and then it didn't stay up long enough. Like you could, yeah, just... exactly, exactly. But yeah, you um defeat the five or re uh, reinstate the five previous people that you defeated and. Then you, like what, uh, rock, rock, devil horn, the, uh, or like flick the satellite away with the, uh, this huge rock hand made out of 
the energy of all your guys. Yeah, something like that. It's very epic, supposedly. Jack Black would approve. Yeah. But um but yeah, that is it. And we have another boss. Did anybody have anything else for the um the final boss? Alright, so we'll go into um everyone's favorite antagonist. DK West. He's the best. Well actually I think he's more of a neurotagonist. He the duality of him and his brother Zook. Um, so I think really, there's a lot to be derived. I think it's after you defeat the um, the first district or DJ Subatomic Supernova, you gain access to an alleyway in the hub world, and that allows you to meet Zook's brother, whose name is. It's after you meet the second boss. Okay, the second boss, um, and his name is DK West, and apparently he's a um, an underground rapper, I guess. And he challenges you to, or challenges Zook to a rap battle. Um, and you accept. Now, this gameplay is a little bit different because there's no combat. You're basically using um, the left and right sticks to move um, your cursor, like on a track. Um, and this is more of like a rhythm based activity or a side game and it or mini game I mean and um for me is a little bit difficult I don't know about y'all or at least the part where you're you know you're on the tracks because you're moving them simultaneously you're still using Mayday and Zook but like you're you're trying to focus on two different tracks and move them independently of each other I didn't find the first time you run into it that bad, but the second time was pretty yeah. Rough. Yeah, I think the first time is is meant for you to pass it. Um, Wait, you have two separate fights with this dude? Oh, you, you can, if you go back into the alleyway, mm-hmm. you can you can fight him again, and it's a lot more difficult. Um, it's completely you don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's completely skippable. I, I tried it as well a couple times. And I was just like, nope, not this isn't happening. It's difficult feel like I have to do that now. <laughs> but, um, so I guess nobody, um, cause there's, I, I thought, um, when I was looking up, um, a video or gameplay of this game, I saw there was a video, uh, where it said all of the rap battles with DK West. So I'm assuming there are more than two. Probably, he's probably like everybody else where there's, um, uh, like a, you know, be- beating him on, the normal difficulty beating him on hard and then crazy hard or whatever. Because there's a crazy hard difficulty, so maybe that's just like the third difficulty or the third rap battle with him is maybe on that difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just curious to see um, if any of y'all um, accepted the challenge. But, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Did you guys like this DK West stuff? I thought it was kind of catchy and it was like a little bit. You know. Yeah, was it good right. music? No. Was it a fun, dumb ten minute thing? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As it was like in- it was intertwined long. with the the rest of the gameplay, I thought it was cool just because it's, you know, a break from the combat. And and because I had played it the first time, I didn't know it was a side mission. I thought like or, or a reoccurring side mission, I thought it was just another boss. 
And so I was like, okay, all of the bosses are kind of, you know, going to be different and may have different tropes of like music based games. Um, but this was, you know, at the time a one off. And then I realized, oh, you can go back to them and, and keep playing them again. That's optional. I'm not going to lie because I was like so used to playing music games with highways. Like I, the very first time I played this game, I died immediately because I was trying to hit every single yeah. thing. <laughs> yep. And like you don't really know, like I feel like they didn't even. There's really not really feedback. That, I mean, like your your health bar is going down, but I was just like, do I need to be hitting a button too, or you know, like <laughs> I didn't even see the health bar at first. So I'm just like hitting it, thinking, oh, I'm doing the right thing, and I realized, like, oh, hold on, start up. hearing the guitar string <laughs> scratches. <laughs> right there. So yeah, I, I I had to say that, but um, yeah, I don't know, like this game, guys. Alright, so... Um, so, okay, you're going to have to... I need you to actually like list out what... Okay, okay, okay. So, I think the voice acting in this game was very flat for some people. Um, Zook voice acting was very flat. Um, Mayday, I think... Um, so, this game was made in Malaysia, um, which is fine. Uh, and I looked it up, and the voice actor for Mayday was a Malaysian. I want to say she was Malaysian. Um, but, like, her accent hopped from being, like, American to British to Jamaican yeah. at times. It was very weird. Um, I didn't understand why they decided to go so heavy-handed with the island theme. I don't know what DK West was, but, like... Like, was he, like, a, a Samoan or New Zealand or, or, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that or... part was weird. It was just very ambiguous. And then he had, like, he was the only person who had his own language. Well, I think that was because Zook started speaking to him in that language. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was just to show, like, you know, the game was made in Malaysia. And I think they kind of wanted to Highlight at least that. create a, not, they just wanted to show a little bit more, like, diversity in that way. Yeah, is in like there are like other facets to this world where people don't speak the exact same language. Well, At least that that's was, how I interpreted. That was interesting, um, but like I think Tatiana too. Like, granted, you know, you can kind of put her as the evil, like super evil, like antagonist or whatever, and it can somewhat fly. But her voice acting was kind of flat too. Um, so, like, the voice acting stuff was kind of whatever. Um, I did think, like I said, I think the visuals in this game are really good. I don't have any issues with that. Like, there's obviously some muddy parts and some, like, slowdown, like we were talking about with that last part when you're having to race against the, the satellite. I had a lot of slowdown there. Um, I didn't really care for the fixed camera. Uh, and, like I said, it mainly popped up, I want to say, in um, that last part as well. Um I didn't I like combat to me trash just just trash like I don't understand why they in, introduced like an energy mechanic for these super attacks when they were on like you would only use them on bosses like that I feel like everything's kind of tied around the bosses so like I and that's my I guess like my main gripe is is that they added all this fluff to this game that was not fun that was not necessary, and I felt like if like, like I, I said, I, I got it. Okay, 
those levels, one, I wouldn't even call them fluff because a lot of games do a lot worse than like these 10 minute little like linear platforming. They're platforming heavy, so it's kind of like the run and gun sequences of Cuphead, which granted, a lot of people don't like those, but they don't really take away from the game. It like I didn't feel like the lead up to the boss really took away from the rest of the experience. Um, because they didn't really go on for that long. Like it's okay not liking them, but I don't feel like it ruined anything by making you do like five or ten minutes of platforming before each one. I don't disagree with that. I just don't know why it's there at all. Uh, like I don't know, like. The underwater stuff was fine, but it didn't really add to the experience. The one thing I'll say about the the car one is that it was a lot different, and that was cool. But again, it didn't really add to the experience. Um, I didn't. I like upgrade systems in games, but I didn't feel like, like I said, the individual characters ones really did anything game changing to me. Um, like we kind of already hit on it, like making your interactable time shorter, or like. Um, making Zook's combo be from five hits to seven, like, whatever. Like, it, it only applies on bosses, and not even every single boss has that, like, you would even be able to use that for. So it was just kind of like, I'm upgrading this character, but I may not even get to, like, utilize this thing that I'm upgrading to. And it's not like I can go back and undo because I realized, oh, like, I, I shouldn't spec my character this way. I should have spec him this way. Um... I don't think the game does a good enough, like a normal complaint that I have. I don't think the game does a good enough job of explaining itself. So like you get those mods and like the big power up things. I never understood how to do Zook's healing one. It was never clear on what you do for that. Um, Same thing with um, some of the other characters, or excuse me, like some of uh, uh, Mayday's where it looked like you had to wiggle the stick up and down. But, like, there was no feedback on if I did a good job, if I could have done better. Like, like there there wasn't enough feedback in this game on, like, how I was doing. Um, like, a lot of the combat, like, animations felt pretty stiff. And, like, you, you were saying, even, like, in the um, platforming, it felt very floaty. Um, it just, like, this game, just, to me, it did not feel like it was... Like it was polished. So I guess the thing that I'm having the biggest issue with is the way you're speaking about it makes it sound like, and this is the only reason I'm doing this is because they are cut from the same cloth, essentially. You're making it sound worse than Raji, and I do not believe that's the case at all. I like Raji better than this game. You are insane. I like Raji better than this game because I think the combat was way more fleshed out. There was way more diversity in the uh, uh, enemy types. No, no. Okay, really, okay. Really I thought you were going to say there was more diversity in the combat. I was like, no. No, 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 no. In the enemy types. In enemy uh, type, I'll, I'll allow that. I'll I allow think that. the boss fights in this game are better. I think the visuals in this game, like, I think this is a visually, like, just staring at stills of this game looks good. But, like, I think Raji, like, the background and the environments and, like, the variety looks a lot better. Or not a lot better, but also looks good. So I think, like, the screenshot, like, if you just looked at a still of this game, I think this game looks better. But I, that is not saying that Raji looks bad. Um, I think both games have, like, their own little quirkiness with the um, voice acting. 
obviously. Um, I th- one of the things too with the story in this game is super heavy handed and it's like it's like has all these allegor- allegories to democracy and authoritarianism. Uh, excuse me, authoritarianism, and it gets really deep and it seems very very like heavy handed and there's long monologues and cutscenes on like. Is Inosar doing things with the best interest in mind for the city? Are they protecting the um, order? Or like you know, and it, and it feels like the devs wanted to make a statement about corporations or like one party systems, and it doesn't quite pull it off for me. And like I found myself wanting to skip basically every single cutscene because I was like, I don't care about this story at all. It it leans into that at the beginning of the game, but then it just turns into a let's save rock and roll. A revenge, like it, it, it goes kind of both ways. Like there is a little bit of that stuff in there near the end as well. Like when you're talking to Tatiana near the end, and she's like, "How are you actually going to do anything after you guys take control? Have you really like thought yeah, about yeah. what you're going to do after you finish me or whatever?" And so, like every single cutscene, like when once you defeat a boss, when you see Tatiana or hear the the the, the newscast of whatever them talking about it, it it, it sprinkles that stuff in like. It's it's very like in your face about it, and yeah, like I'm not gonna say I like the writing of this game or anything. That like, too, the humor in this game is sh- it's it's double fine humor. Yeah, well, you know what? Yes, but I feel like double fine humor. Like I feel like there's better writing. Like the whole like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I. I- I get where you're coming from, but I re- like if I compare this to Psychonauts, and I know this is blasphemous. Because people freaking love Psychonauts, but I, don't I think really you're comparing care about the Psychonauts people. because of the uh, of the the character the, the, models. Not like, even the character models; it's the dialogue. It's like how the, like the boom shock that is very Psychonauts esque, just not even funny. It's like and, red light, and, green light. That is something that would happen in Psychonauts. And and the thing like, is, is that Psychonauts is a game about kids at summer camp, and these are grown ass people talking I, this way, and that's why it's shitty. I don't think it's uh, I. I think it's this is pretty much Tina the same as target adult. audience Mayday as far as like Tina age as groups. An adult. <laughs> this like, is more. This is more in line with Borderlands. Uh, no, uh, it's not writing. Borderlands. It's Borderlands writing than than Double Fine. Sans. Uh, nah, Psychonauts. nah, nah. Uh, the whole like sequence where she was trying to give the dude the fist bump and how awkward that was. There, there Borderlands is, is about like humor. poop humor and like this stuff. Yeah. It goes into memes a little bit. It's more of meme lingo than actual like meme referential type stuff. Hatsune Miku. Miku. That's not a <laughs> meme. That's actually a thing. I know, I know it's an even... actual thing. They're referencing real life stuff in the in the game too. And they're actually doing actual like decent parodies of that stuff. Oh, like it's actually that... somewhat intelligent how they. Did that ten ten? How they even did the child prodigy? And actually, like, there's actually somewhat of like backstory and depth between each one, where they actually don't just do the surface level. Hey, here's this thing. It's like, oh well, here's this helicopter parent. Oh, she actually hates the hel- helicopter parent. There's actually a resolution at the end of the fight, and they pretty much do that with all the boss fights. So I can't sit here and act like they did nothing. I didn't say they did nothing. I just said I didn't like the writing because I didn't think the humor in this game was at like for the amount of attention they tried to draw to it. I don't think it there was any payoff. Or I will say, how about this? It didn't land with me. That That's better? fine. That's fine. 
Sorry for raising my voice. <laughs> me too. All right. It's just like, I guess for me, it's... I just don't want this game to die under Raji. I, that, I cannot stand for that. Oh, well, I, I think Raji is a also flawed game. But I like I legitimately like Raji more than this game. I just don't understand how that's possible, but I th- I think maybe I like Trevor was saying we went into this game wanting to hate it, and I think I was the opposite. I went I went into this game, I saw the art style and it evoked certain other games that I've played and I was like I'm going to love this and there was nothing that I liked about this game beyond the music and the visual presentation. I didn't like the combat. There was only like two bosses that I enjoyed fighting. Like I can I can say like hey, this was like interesting. Like I like I like open world stuff. It has open world. I like leveling up my character. It has that, but it doesn't scratch those itches that the other games do. See, Give me Raji. I I'd be on the inverse where I I would say that this game Aside from, you know, your miles may vary on the dialogue and writing and stuff. I would say mediocre at best is the worst I had really prescribed to any individual aspect of this game. Yeah, I'm I, I, like, I'm I'm with you. All, no, I say game. like mediocre at best is the worst. Like, yes, I would. Okay. Yes, yeah. Every every aspect of this game is mediocre at best. I wouldn't say everything's media. I would say you only, that's okay, the worst. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Every, everything. Yes, I get what you're saying, and I'm saying mm-hmm. the lowest of the low in this game is mediocre at best. I think this game is like a solid like five. See, I would go with like a seven. Gotcha. Yeah, I was gonna say this game is a, a solid what seventy on Metacritic. I'll put it at like maybe a six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean like. Raji, I would give a five. I might without even a second. <laughs> without even a second thought. All right, Put that so, on the back of the box. So any, any last words about NSR? No straight roads. And I do have one question for y'all. Okay. Um, so, what is, and you can say either your favorite level or your favorite track from this game. Because it, it might go hand in hand. Uh, I think the main like overworld theme was yep. kind of like my favorite joint. Do 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 do. I feel you. Like that was probably the one that's going to stick in my head the most. I would say that, and I, I don't know if it was his theme or whatever, but when Cliff shows up at the end, whatever music was playing with him was pretty good. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Kind of. I guess the the sewer music. I guess where you went back to your headquarters. I thought that was pretty good too. I think overall, probably. What about you, Marcus? I like the um, the track when the vocals came in uh, with um, Suya. Um, I, I don't remember which form it was, but it was one that the vocals came in. And it was very like uh, Hatsune Miku. Trevor, you might want to look that up. <laughs> Um, and I think probably my favorite boss is, uh, me, or no, I, I like the idea, the concept of the Tin Tin boss, but like the fighting aspect, I like the Minu, the, against the, the pianist, that was my favorite one to fight. I think my favorite, um, level and music were, 
Yenu. Which one? Also, which one? The rock version or the the EDM version? Um, I think the EDM version. Gotcha. Like one of the the later um, phases. But um, but yep, that was no straight roads. <sighs> okay, uh, Marcus. Great game, great ex- great experience. Hell no. <laughs> This is uh, not a great game, and I didn't have a great experience. Dante? It's a good game, good experience. Greg? Uh, eh. And game, experience. Yeah, I guess. Eh. It, okay. Well, not a good game, okay experience. I'm with Dante. I think it was a good game, good experience. Solid seven. Kind of high. I don't... <laughs> Man, I, I just really, really want to go down the list of games we have, and for you to say this is a seven, then everything else must be an eight or higher. <laughs> Except well, for Raji. Is, aside from Raji Bionic and Mega Commando. Man Battle Network. I mean, on, the Commando got to be like a. Uh, <laughs> I'm just talking. About, I'm just talking about from this year. <laughs> yeah, from oh, this year. We're not gonna. We're not gonna go that far. But yeah, PC's yeah, like sure. a five. So, wait, so quick question then. So, Dante says he likes this game more than Raji. I said I like Raji more. Where are you two at? Don't make me Great choose. Uh, this is def better than Don't Raji. make me choose. Choose. <laughs> Remember, you did this to yourself. <laughs> this wasn't my question. <laughs> I don't know. I think they do two different things. They definitely do two different things. Like... You know, I, I think Raji accomplishes that better than No Straight Roads. The real question is, I guess, if you didn't want to answer which game is better, if both developers were like, we're going to put out a sequel, which one would you be more hype about? As a game, probably No Straight Roads. That's As fair. an experience, <laughs> definitely Raji. Okay, I just was curious. <sighs> um, well, we got one more game this year, and hopefully, it's a banger because I don't want to go out with a. <laughs> I don't think it's a banger. I think it's a thumper. Hopefully, it's a thumper, <laughs> and that's gonna be my game for December. So, uh, looking forward to that, and we'll have to do some talking after this to figure out what our next, what twenty twenty two is gonna look like. Um, you guys have any other questions? All right. Well, with that, Trevor, I'll let you uh, kick it. Uh, you know, like see us out. Bunker, Junker, Shakalaka, Bam. <laughs> you know, I forgot to. Wh- where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> where can people find you, Trevor? Oh, my bad. Is that what? <laughs> you yeah. can find me on the internet at Lyric Unsung. Stream anything? Um, I finished Inscription. I didn't stream the ending of it just because um, I spoiled it for myself. And I didn't want to spoil it for anybody else. But what I thought was the ending of the game wasn't the real ending. There's more. Oh, snaps. Um, So definitely, um, yeah, keep playing. Um, I may stream... um, Well, I don't know if it's worth streaming, but... Um, I might play some more unpacking. I started that today, and I 
I like it. I've, I've been the first. Or I'm like two, I'm in 2010. So I played through a decent bit of it, I think. Uh, where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. And you stream anything? Uh, not lately. Kind of holidays, mess week, and oh yeah, good luck, man. And CPT Midway, kind of. But I'll I'll be back streaming after that though. Is it in Chicago? Huh? Is it in Chicago? Uh, is oh CEO? C CPT. Oh no, it's like CPT Midwest. It's like an online thing. Oh, okay. That's how you qualify for Capcom. Okay. Well, good luck. Um, and where can people find you at Dante? People can find me at twitch.tv slash awakencloud. I am currently streaming some Celeste. Um, I will eventually get back to Phoenix Friday's Attorney. And I feel like there's one more game. Well, I finished two Resident Evil 6. No, you're not going to see any of that. <laughs> I, I've gotten pretty far. I'm almost done with my... Not almost done, but I'm like halfway through Chris's campaign and I finished Leon, so I think I'm going to finish that game at some point. You playing it solo? Yeah. If you ever want co-op, man, you know what I'm saying? Just... Alright. <laughs> I, I need you guys to play at least one... What is Wesker's son's name? Oh, Jesus... I've seen them like three times, but that's about it. Okay, uh, play, uh, you should play, um, Ada's campaign co-op, because then you can see the thing where they, all the other co-ops, both players can interact with things, but in Ada's, hers was initially meant to be solo, and then they added like a, just a fodder, or like a, just a, a random enemy as her co-op person, and he can't do anything. He can't interact with anything. Huh. It's so stupid. So, did you like, play through all of that game? I thought you just played through one campaign. I played through all of that game. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I've been through... I've been... I've seen it. <laughs> I was very similar to this game. I was just ready to get it over with. But I put in a lot more time in that game. Yeah, it's like, like a 30-hour hour game. <laughs> like, I think each campaign's about six from my understanding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. Oh, my God. Whew. Um... And, uh, are you starting Celeste from fresh, or are you just doing the DLC, or... So, yeah, I started from scratch, pretty much, and I've 100%ed all of the A-side, so I've gotten everything through chapter one through core, and next I'm going to do the B-sides and the C-sides, then I'm going to do farewell. Is is 100%ing Strawberries and Tapes? Strawberries, Tapes, and the Crystal Hearts. That's right, that's right, I forgot. Good luck, man. I think I did A-side and B-side, but I did not get C-side. And then the DLC, too. Yeah, I've heard horror stories about that DLC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, at Potato Salad, and I'm not streaming, but I'm playing Unpacking currently. Still playing some Pokemon Unite every now and then, but uh, I think... I meant to ask you, too, Dante, what, what Phoenix Wright were you streaming? The original. I'm on case four. The one we voiced. played? Yes. How come? It seemed like, like a, a yearly thing. thing? Sure. I think I might, I think after I finish unpacking, I think I might try to pick up Phoenix right over the holidays when I have like some free time. We'll see though. We'll see. Word. Um, okay, Trevor, take us out. <laughs>
Red light. All right. Bunk- Red light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to do the bunker junker shakalaka bam. But uh, you can do that too. But yeah, we're going to bunker junker shakalaka bonsai. Green light. I don't really understand that because red light and green light are opposites, but, you know, whatever. With their personalities, too. That's on you, Greg, too, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <is that> the <laughs> yeah. <laughs>